You are listening to Revolver Podcast. Want to grow your own weed but not sure where to get the seed? Go to bcbuddepot.com. For nearly 15 years, BC Bud Depot has been building one of the world's most comprehensive seed banks, offering over 50 strains of top quality cannabis to suit every grower's needs, including multiple award-winning strains like Godbud, The Perps, BC Blueberry, Girl Scout Cookies, and more. In fact, BC Bud Depot's genetics have won over 30 different cannabis awards over the past decade. So you know you're dealing with a recognized industry leader that will deliver you some of the most potent, flavorful flowers on the planet. They ship worldwide, offering fast, discreet delivery at reasonable prices. All online orders are processed within 48 hours and are packaged and mailed with the utmost stealth and safety in mind. And if for some reason your order gets lost, damaged, or confiscated, BC Bud Depot will resend it at no extra charge guaranteeing that every customer receives what they paid for. Whether you're looking for indica or sativa, indoor or outdoor, feminized or auto-flowering, BC Bud Depot has the seeds you need at a price you can handle. But don't take my word for it. Check out their extensive library of award-winning genetics for yourself at bcbuddepot.com and type in promo code BLAZIN420 at checkout to receive 10% off your order. BC Bud Depot home of cannabis champions since 2002. Please check your local state and national laws before ordering. It's time to roll up those joints, pack those bowls, and fire up those nails. Because you're listening to Blazing with Bobby Black. What's up, everybody, and welcome to another edition of Blazin. As always, I'm your host, Bobby Black. You know, it wasn't that long ago that if you wanted to go to a cannabis event, your choices were pretty limited. They were limited to either one of a few annual political rallies like Seattle Hemp Fest or Boston Freedom Rally, or to the High Times Cannabis Cup. But over the past decade, more and more companies and organizations have been trying their hands at staging all kinds of public pot events competitions, conventions, conferences, etc., etc. But in my opinion, the most celebrated and successful of all the myriad events that have sprung up lately is Chalice California, a three-day festival of music, glass, hash, and art that took place over 710 weekend at the San Bernardino County Fairgrounds. Chalice was conceived, organized, and run by the owner and founder of Hitman Glass, who is my special guest today. Doug, welcome to Blazin. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing good. How you doing? Man, I'm feeling fucking awesome. Uh, just been uh, chain smoking some hash this morning. Cool. What do you? What kind of hash you smoking on? Uh, we got a couple new releases here. We're gonna be dropping for Hitman Farms um, in Oregon. Actually, I have some Oregon flavors. I'm currently enjoying. Cool. Well, before we get into everything with Chalice, you mentioned Hitman Farms. Let's talk a little about that because you guys started off as a glass company, as a smokeware company. Uh, and you've been expanding pretty rapidly lately. Tell us a little about Hitman Farms. Yeah, so basically, um, I mean, I've, I've been a, a lover of cannabis and hash for uh, over a decade. Um, and um, I'm at the point now where uh, I've become a resourceful individual um, <laughs> through my travels. And uh, I've found uh, some people who share the same love and affection for uh, pot and hash that... Uh, 
seem to be like-minded in the sense of wanting to create a uh, nationwide brand with a, a certain standard that could be expected by the people who were uh, loyal to that brand. And as legalization kind of hits uh, the nation here and the world, um, you know, Hitman will be a brand that, that isn't going to be going anywhere and it's going to become more of a household brand uh, by the year. So Hitman Farms is our, you know, our general company. Um, and then we have individual partnerships with, uh, with licensed, uh, state licensed facilities and, uh, and individuals in multiple states at this time and are looking to uh, be on the forefront of expanding um, into new estates as they took over. Cool. So tell us exactly what uh, are you guys doing flowers or just concentrates or what kind of products are you doing and, and who's running and growing the stuff for you in different states? Sure. So uh, basically uh, we offer a, um, a, a variety of, of cannabis products and hash products. It's really dependent on which partner in which state. And obviously, because the laws vary so much, one product and the dosing of that product or the strength of that product may be acceptable in one state where it isn't the other. So, you know, more than ever, this is really that that time where, uh, you know, different, it's almost like each state is ran as its own separate business um, because the laws are you know, um, yeah. where from edibles to uh, concentrates to, you know what I mean, the method in which and where they're uh, manufactured or grown or all that stuff. I mean, I guess it's just the willingness to be to want to jump through those hoops and jump through them uh, with the first group of people that are trying to jump through them. Yeah. Let me ask you, as a cannabis business owner, uh, entrepreneur in California, as you know, I'm sure uh, the Adult Use of Marijuana Act is on the ballot. It's uh, Some people are for it. Some people are against it for various reasons. Where do you come down on the ALMA bill and all the regulations that it entails? Oh, man. Well, I would say this. Uh, I'm very concerned about uh, California uh, adopting the, the wrong legislation. Um, and, you know, of course, I'm pro-legalization of cannabis, but at the same time, uh, I, I think it's imperative that California doesn't go the wrong way. And I'm very concerned with uh, with that with that act there. And um, ultimately, I, I from you know even from my event perspective, I, I'm very concerned. I think uh, California needs to bring a, a you know put a law right in place for uh, you know events things of that nature also, because um, I think, like, we're going to look back at all this stuff like it was the good old days, you know? That with regulation comes uh, less and less ability to uh, do things the way that we're used to, you know? And uh, I'm willing to do what it takes to be a brand in cannabis. I just hope that the laws that are are put in place in California are are the right ones, man. Yeah, and I'm a little. I am a little. I'm very scared about the about the budget. Yeah, because I I was hearing that as part of the Adult Use of Marijuana Act that events such as Chalice or a Cannabis Cup of that nature probably wouldn't be able to be held anymore. Well, exactly, and uh, and again, I mean, if you look at Colorado and what happened, had a lot of people kind of you know putting their neck out there and dealing with the repercussions trying to enable people to be able to enjoy cannabis like they do alcohol. And, uh, you know, that's 
really, uh, I think a lot of attention needs to be put on how people enjoy it and where people enjoy it. And uh, again, that's my main, my major concern for Chalice. So, you know, to be building a brand and, you know, we went so far above and beyond to be compliant with uh, the local authorities. Uh, we communicated with them the entire time. We were very transparent with them. And, and that's something that's important to me is to ensure the safety of the attendees for any event I throw. And uh, I've personally been part of different events for high times where I know they didn't do that because they were either shut down or haphazardly thrown or irresponsibly thrown in a jurisdiction where that wasn't acceptable. You know what I mean? And, and yeah. for, for this, we went so far above and beyond with Chalice to make sure the sheriff knew the entire nature of the event. So when they walked in, they weren't shocked. They didn't call reinforcements about the problem. They knew there were going to be patients you know, donating for, for different kinds of medicine and all the different booths really just have different flavors of, of the same thing. It's all medicine. You know? And, like, as long as you look at it like that and we present it that way and we make sure that underage people aren't in the medicating area and that we hold what we say actually happens, then hopefully it'll open up the, the door for us to be able to throw more events like this uh, closer to Los Angeles and in major cities nationwide. Right on. Yeah, you know, um, I got to say, uh, I know this was the third year that you've done Chalice. I wasn't able to attend the last two, partly because I was working at high time still. And uh, it just was a little difficult for me to get away, you know, with the amount of events they were throwing that I had to travel for and stuff. And, and as you know, they don't uh, really like coverage of other events in the magazine. So, But this was my first time getting to go to Chalice, and I have to applaud you, man. I was really impressed Quite possibly the best cannabis event I've been to in a long time. Um, just really mellow, chill vibe, absolutely not overcrowded, just a plethora of entertainment and, and things to do and see, and just a really, really nice vibe. And like you mentioned, even the even the police who were there seemed to really even kind of get a kick out of and enjoy being there. And I saw that, that photo that's gone viral of uh, the, the policeman learning how to blow glass in Glass Village, which was pretty cool. Absolutely, man. And uh, it's a beautiful thing to be able to create a bridge from a society that uh, has been closed-minded and has been one way and told that something's one way. And then they're also shocked that there's no arrest and no problem. Of course, there's issues, but we're able to deal with them in a professional sense. And, and we're all, I, I feel that, the situation we provide with the festival is something that is a great platform for everybody to get their brand out there, get the exposure. And, and being a brand myself and having multiple brands in this industry, you know, I definitely desire to throw more events of this nature and, and things that actually have real impact. Um, I'm not just trying to rinse and repeat of the same business plan over and over. And I really take pride in, in offering it. And uh, deliverables in a business sense, you know, like offering more of an experience, putting the money back into the festival to build a really unique experience, being able to theme different festivals. And again, doing this by raising the money for it the entire time has been a roller coaster of emotion, but uh, it makes it all the more of an accomplishment that we're not reaching into a big uh, pot of gold. So we're raising the money to grow it. Uh, 
it's definitely a much more organic event, I feel, than, uh, and I think people felt that, and they feel the love and the heart that went into it, and it's all those little things that I feel like I left off of most festivals, the fact that that is, they're costly, and, and they don't really get the immediate return on them, but at the same time, like, those are the things necessary to make these events stand apart, and uh, I am a brand that is willing to see those things and do what it takes the money that I get from these festivals back into them. And again, with Chalice, it wasn't a profitable festival. It's not, uh, contrary to what people might think. But at the same time, it has a future of being, you know, I've helped build the trademark and the name, what it represents, and that is the true value. Because the festival's value is still in the hands of who's running it and who understands how to run it, you know? And, uh, at some point, maybe the festival will be desirable to uh, someone who, who wants to purchase it. And at that point, they're going to be driving, steering the ship. Even if they buy the ship, they're going to need to know how to steer it, or it has no value. And I think right now, the reason why the festival stands out is it's navigated by myself, the sense that as someone who's part of this industry, what this industry needs, as far as events are concerned, and what I want as from someone who's gone to all these music festivals and some of the biggest music festivals in America, I know what those are, and I think that uh, combining things of that nature with our culture and what they're going to bring legitimacy at the end of the day. Absolutely. Uh, so let's, I want to do like a little quick breakdown of the festival just so people who uh, weren't able to attend kind of get a feel of it. Yeah, no problem. Um, so... Obviously, there was, a, there was Glass Village, which is something that I think really differentiated the festival from other cannabis events I've been to, which is, I mean, I've seen live glass blowing at events before, but not on this scale, not a whole section of people with just top name glass artists from around the country all together in one place on view for people to check out and, and buy, of course, buy their merchandise, which is really cool. Sure. And I, that just, that, that opportunity doesn't happen. Uh, I'm really thankful I've directed Derek White on the team and he's able to really, uh, you know, he's got a great reach. Um, I also know a lot of these artists personally uh, through, you know, my travels and through a few of my businesses. And, you know, we're able to put together something quite unique and beautiful, uh, which is the Glass Floor Village. And, you know, being someone who's collected pipes for over a decade, you know, I know what it means to get to shake someone's hand whose art smoke out of every single day and uh you know the the art of pipe making and the beauty of the people behind pipes you know if they are public image or not you know glass pipes and that culture is a very unique culture and um, i'm very proud to be the representative of it and be a catalyst for you know these artists to get their names out there and it's also an honor to have a lot of these people come to my show and be excited to come to the show and, uh, you know, it, the Glassboro Village is a beautiful place that I think is almost a destination location and something we're considering uh, offering some other larger music festivals across the nation is the service of bringing that element, art, more of an art element, not just glassblowing, but live on-site art. Yeah, and so about how many glassblowers and about how many vendors were at the festival? Uh, there was about... 150 brands represented uh, at our event and about over 100 glass floors. It's a really uh, moment to have that many people from the industry in one place and 
say people who came out internationally, which is very flattering. And uh, I mean, more than anything, the most fulfilling thing with Chalice is to create uh, an experience that we can all look forward to, myself included. Um, I mean, obviously, I look at the festival a little different than the attendee, but it, nonetheless, uh, I'm trying to create uh, any from the judges' kit to the experiences and attendee to what you get and your experience when you go to any of my festivals. I want it to stand out from the rest and have a better experience and feel like we did more for you and we thought about it. And a lot of these vendors know it's because we're vendors ourselves, you know? Yeah, yeah, and I got to say, you were saying you mentioned before about uh, the festival not being super profitable, and I I remember being at the festival and looking at the branding that you did, the website, the promotional materials, the talent, and the kits. I remember thinking, God, this must have cost him a fortune to do all this because it's really well done. Like all the stuff is really well done, and I, I just think, like, man, I hope he, I hope he can break even on this because I know from experience working with High Times that. They were very careful about what they would spend on what to make sure that they weren't overspending so that they would be, you know, they want right. to make sure it's profitable. And this is, I guess, you know, this is the concern, though, you know, at the same time, just because that equation didn't work. You know, look, I'm taking a risk and I'm taking that risk to try to improve the quality of these events. And, uh, you know, I'm going to do my due diligence to meet with the, you know, authorities in different areas to see if they're accepting of it or they'd be open-minded to it. And, you know, I want to offer more. I want to combine it with with a better experience. And, and, look, I'm a businessman too, but I also have faith that what I'm building will be something that ever so many people look forward to that it could be, you know, over 100,000 people attending it within two years, you know? That thing that I think we can look forward to. I don't want to burn it out. I don't want to do it four times a year. You know, and yeah. uh, I'd rather build other aims and other things that people can look forward to, uh, you know, instead of just making chalice something that's either played out or burn out or that doesn't mean something. You know, I think that that was the problem that High Times had there. Is just, there's too frequent of things there where it doesn't mean anything like it did when you have to go to Amsterdam want the cannabis cup and answer on the fucking something. Yeah. And now it's like doesn't really mean anything when you have an event every month. And never mind the fact where you, you know they got exclusivity of this venue and they're now trying to have an event there every two months. I mean, it is literally the definition of watering down a market. You know, even with this new venue that we we are blessed to bring chalice to. I don't want to burn that venue. I even had a talk with that venue. I'm like don't throw 40 events because then I don't want to throw my event. Yeah. You know, like, I don't want to, and it's hard nowadays because there's only a list of places, a limited list of places that are accepting of this, but, you know, we have a track record of successful, safe, controlled atmosphere. I have no problem going to all different jurisdictions and, and, and showing that picture of the guy blowing glass guys and, and explaining be like look you know this was their compensation we're willing we want you guys to involved in beginning this, this process but we also want to keep it clear that the whole point is to create a safe atmosphere for our culture and not to create a bunch of fish in a barrel for you to pull out for sure and again the the level of responsibility that i have during these events it's a high level of responsibility to make sure that your safety is okay. And I've been 
scenarios with high times where they didn't do their due diligence and the place was fucking raided. You know what I mean? And for me, I can't create that atmosphere for somebody. And, and the thing is, you got to do your due diligence. you got to communicate with the police from the get-go, and there won't be a fucking problem. Because, again, most of these police uh, organizations, groups, they really just want to show respect. And yeah. when it comes down to, you know, they know that this stuff's going on, and it really comes down to just being shown respect in the sense of, you know, being acknowledged, being compensated for their services, and not being in the dark. Because when I try to get away with something, that's when we could have a problem. Absolutely, I agree. You know? well, and, you know, hey, man, uh, again, like, festivals of success because of those little things and the communication and the sheriffs were welcoming to us there. And I think that any place we throw an event, you know, you can you can know that we've done our due diligence and spoken with the authorities in the local area to make sure that there won't be any problems. Right on. Uh, we need to take a quick break, but we'll be right back with more from Doug from Hitman Glass and be talking more about the Chalice Festival right after this. Want to grow your own weed but not sure where to get the seed? Go to bcbuddepot.com. For nearly 15 years, BC Bud Depot has been building one of the world's most comprehensive seed banks, offering over 50 strains of top-quality cannabis to suit every grower's needs, including multiple award-winning strains like Godbud, The Perps, BC Blueberry, Girl Scout Cookies, and more. In fact, BC Bud Depot's genetics have won over 30 different cannabis awards over the past decade. So you know you're dealing with a recognized industry leader that will deliver you some of the most potent, flavorful flowers on the planet. They ship worldwide, offering fast, discreet delivery at reasonable prices. All online orders are processed within 48 hours and are packaged and mailed with the utmost stealth and safety in mind. And if for some reason your order gets lost, damaged, or confiscated, BC Bud Depot will resend it at no extra charge guaranteeing that every customer receives what they paid for. Whether you're looking for indica or sativa, indoor or outdoor, feminized or auto-flowering, BC Bud Depot has the seeds you need at a price you can handle. But don't take my word for it. Check out their extensive library of award-winning genetics for yourself at bcbuddepot.com and type in promo code BLAZIN420 at checkout to receive 10% off your order. BC Bud Depot home of cannabis champions since 2002. Please check your local, state, and national laws before ordering. All right, and we are back. We are here with Dougie from Hitman Glass, the uh, founder of the Chalice Festival, the big uh, 710 hash glass music and art festival that happened uh, last week in San Bernardino. Uh, we're talking about the festival and uh, what differentiates it from some of the cannabis events that have come before. One of the other things I, I have to say that I really liked about it that I thought was a little different is, you know, most of the cannabis events I've been to, especially the high times, there's been lots of competing music and like loud noise in the in the medicating area in the various uh, vending areas, and it just makes it kind of hard to enjoy the day. Kind of makes it a little hard to concentrate, and I know it must make it hard for vendors who are trying to, you know, talk to the customers and sell. And I was very happy to see that instead of that kind of uh, environment, what you had instead was just all day entertainment on the stage. So if people wanted to, you know, hear music or whatever, they could just go to the stage and, and you could hear it pretty much throughout the festival, but it wasn't imposing. And I, and I really liked that. I thought it was cool. 
Yeah, because, man, I mean, I'm sick of having to scream try to tell someone how much my products cost when I spend thousands of dollars there selling my product. It's ridiculous, and then you never know who you're setting up next to. You're setting up to this guy who thinks he's going to be the next day of the year that <laughs> brought all his equipment to day in a 10 by 10 easy up. But it's just these other events have lost control. And, yeah, we're bringing control back. And, hey, we have reasons why we have rules. It's not a free-for-all. That's just unsafe, and it's creating a bad name for our industry. And we're trying to create a good name by having rules and sticking up for them and not letting everybody have a golf cart, not letting everybody be a DJ, and letting everybody have performers at their stage and not going to let a vendor go bigger than I am. That's just not happening. You know, and, like, there needs to be a method to the madness, and a lot of these other shows are out of control. And people do whatever they want. And I'm not willing that something bad's going to happen, but let's keep it real. It's just getting more and more out of control at these other things. And our event provides structure, and it provides an atmosphere where you can talk to somebody in a normal tone of voice and make a valuable networking connection with them without getting a headache. You know? And uh, I'm personally, I would rather just not go to those events because I don't need to hear the same fucking 30 songs over and over again in every booth. And I, the guys have it on blast. They're fucking vendor booth. And people are... Th- it's just... Yeah. It took away the meaning of why we're there. And I think our festival is bringing it back to the pot and cash. Actual connections you're supposed to be making. The friendships you're supposed to be making. And the memories. You know what I mean? And all of those are valuable. Yeah, And those things are more valuable than somebody being able to put their iPod on and think there's some fucking hot shit, I'm over it. <laughs> Absolutely, man. Speaking of the relationships and the connections, man, I saw so many old friends, legends of the community there. You know, just uh, just so many great people that I haven't gotten to see in a while, uh, especially since I've left high times. And it was really nice. I got to really uh, enjoy it. And also, I want to say... um. You know, when it comes to the awards show, I, I want to applaud you for giving the Lifetime Achievement Award to Mel Frank. I think that was a really great uh, move, um, and uh, I just enjoyed the awards show too. It was uh, it was it was pretty smooth, and you know, I got to say, seeing you up there on the stage, you know, you're you're quite the uh, personality on stage. You know, in between awards, you kind of uh, speak your mind as you as you are now on the air, and uh, just kind of talking about the community and about the politics and everything else, and you just. You're just very genuine. You just put it out there, and, and, and you are yourself. It's pretty cool. Thanks, man. That means a lot coming from you, dude. And uh, I uh, I mean, yeah, bro, we just try to put our heart and soul on the table at this thing, and it's a great opportunity for people to let people know who we are, you know, what my crew, what's important to my crew, you know, and what we're willing to do for this community. And I think at the end of the day, uh, a lot of people, who formulate opinions on uh, on my companies and my staff, and that's because we're influential. And it's no surprise that when you're doing shit and you're influencing culture, you're going to make waves. And you're going to have jealousy and envy and people who can't handle the fact that we're out there doing what's needed to be done, not talking about it on the We're doing it. Like, hey, I, I can, I'm proud to say that 
you know, what, what my crew represents is a group of people that aren't going to sit here and take the, the situation as is, and we're willing to do what's needed to change it and, and to do our due diligence to change it. And if people want to sit there and criticize our moves, ultimately, it's because we're making moves and we're out there doing shit, yeah. you know, and, uh, and, and we're accomplishing. And uh, I'm, I'm proud of my entire staff and, and, you know, every person that, like, helped make it possible for the, the event to be a success, uh, including all the volunteers, attendees, all the vendors. Everybody made it possible. And, uh, you know, I, I've been in the red on the festival for the last three years, and uh, I'm that dedicated. You know, I've put myself in uh, uncomfortable positions financially to get this festival where it is today. I've made a lot of personal sacrifices. And uh, what we've built is something of value, and it's something that the industry looks at as something that will be hard to top. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's what's up. Like, and I'm my competition. I don't even see these other festivals as the competition because they're not willing to do what it takes to improve this shit. Yeah. They're just trying to take out. And so we're willing to do what it takes to make next year's lineup so much more legitimate that we can't be ignored. Well, I got to you know? say, like, your, your lineup was pretty legit. I mean, you had Wu-Tang Clan headlining the main night. That's pretty legit. Um, I mean, oh, I, bro, there was a so bunch I, of great I'm artists. If it, if it really happened. <laughs> you know what I mean? And, and it was, what, a, what an accomplishment, man, to like have bands like Wu-Tang Clan and groups like Take and whatever, you know? Like, it was a blessing to have what's beginning to be impressive craft record like again i'm the only one i'm trying to do what we did this year for next year for next festival so it's you know we're really our only competition as far as cannabis events are concerned because these other guys aren't going to put the thing back in they're not going to do the little things they're not like it's just not happening yeah because or at least it hasn't happened yet and i encourage them to do it because truth is they can do it that's what's fucked up I'm like doing it on Zoom. They actually can do it right. They're just choosing not to. And they're choosing, consciously choosing to run that same equation. Where me, I'm trying to run a new equation and create a new equation. And clearly people like it. Absolutely. So it's kind of like long overdue. You know what I mean? Chalice, on the show, everybody's been waiting for it. <laughs> you know what I mean? And we're going to continue to do that. And like I said, next year's only going to be so much bigger will be in shock of who i'm trying to book for next year you know <laughs> and i can't say it right now because i don't want to misspeak or speak too soon but we're really trying to you. have this be a festival where 60 to eighty thousand people attend it you know? yeah for sure and we're trying to create a different vibe each year and uh i mean i'm a firm believer you spend solid money on a music lineup people are coming yeah i would i would agree if I had, if you had to pick a, a personal highlight, a personal moment from the festival that just you know really stuck with you, what would what would you say it would be? Uh, my favorite moment from the festival, shoot, that's a tough one. Um, fuck, I mean, <laughs> uh, honestly, just the feeling of accomplishment, standing there with my my crew is like people were actually enjoying themselves and. And it took so much to get to that point. It was just just a sense of fulfillment 
worth everything to me. I could be in the red financially, but I think my entire incredibly accomplished that he could not throw the thing again and it would live on as being some fucking baller ass dope <laughs> shit. You know, I'm like, that's pretty sick. Like it could the mic could be dropped if you left that in. <laughs> we could not even throw a chalice ever again and throw some other thing called something else. And it would just be great memories. And it would be history. You know? Yeah. And uh and we're literally making history, man. Speaking of other uh, throwing other things, you've made a big announcement online since the uh, since Chalice has been over that you're planning to throw another festival, a new type of festival. Uh, can you tell us a little about? It's called the Happy Place, right? Tell us a little about that. Yeah, man. So basically, my next project called Happy Place uh, themed festivals, and um, I think hand in hand with cannabis and hash is creativity and art. And we're gonna center this next festival uh, a lot more. Uh, uh, of a focus on live art and creativity in all media, um, a lot more installations and uh, and things of that nature. Um, we've been in close contact with a few venues, um, and we're just really trying to find the correct home for for Happy Place. And realistically, we should have an announcement within the next ten days about uh, the location and dates of it. And again, man, like. Part of that process is sitting down with the local PD, sitting down with, you know, making sure that do it politically the right way and, and that it's a safe atmosphere for people to enjoy their enjoy their pot and uh, and enjoy the experience. So. Cool, cool. Before we go, I want to just uh, ask you about the glass company because we haven't really discussed that very much. What's uh, What's been going on new-wise for Hitman Glass? Uh, some new lines, some new products coming out? Yeah, absolutely, man. So I'll be class. I'm always trying to reinvent ourselves and uh, try to not make the same products for too long of a period of time. For a long time, like been more of a pipe designer than uh, than a glass manufacturer per se. And I've like basically subcontracted a lot of my designs to different pipe companies or glass blowers. And you know, in the recent six months, um, I've taken a lot of that manufacturing on myself. And I've like hired a bunch of people and put them in place to have my own in-house the people that work full time just making my pipes and and really stop subcontracting a lot of work to other bond companies and other glass blowers and have it all kind of under one roof. And that's really helped me uh, develop a lot of new products, a lot um, and a lot uh, and at with more ease. So um, I've got a really exciting line we're going to be releasing this fall. Uh, we just released a line called the Letterman Series. And, uh, yeah, man, it's going quite well. Our products are all available at hitmanglass.com. We started selling on our website. Um, we're looking to open some storefronts where we're going to kind of transition into selling our products more directly out of our storefronts uh, instead of through other retailers. We're looking to have more control of our product, start releasing products that are a lot more limited edition and higher end and uh yeah i mean that's our angle we're going to bring some torch tubes back for 2017 size for court cool. uh, different styles and full color versions at a lot better of a price uh yeah we're moving with the times what can i say dude uh gotta change with the times and evolve with the times in this industry and with uh the glass company you can't run the same equation over and over again gotta keep keep it moving and uh the dope thing is we got what it takes to keep it moving. 
Absolutely, yeah. man. You guys have been setting the trends for since you guys started back in what 2008 or whatever. I mean, the yeah, tort- and now we have uh, we're just dropping wisdom apparatus, one of my new companies, and uh, it is uh, centered around courts, sales, and uh, different consumption apparatus. Uh, it's a new company. I've had a lot of people showing interest in a lot of my businesses, and uh, I'm going to be popping up a couple little sub projects that I'm going to do with different people. Uh, and things I always kind of wanted to do, and uh, I'm an ambitious dude, and I'm just <laughs> going for it, you know what I mean? Absolutely. Well, you guys have been innovative all along the way, from the torch tubes to the sundaes and birthday cakes, the juice boxes, the rocket ships, all the stuff that you guys do is cutting-edge, baller, and just never been seen before. And it's uh, and the chess pieces, of course, too. We can't forget that. That was a huge uh huge project that you put out uh, a few years back that we covered in high times. I did the interview with you in high times. Um, that was an amazing book and an amazing project. So you guys have just been killing it for, for a long time now. Hey man. And we're just fucking, we're just, we're doing our own. You know, uh, but it's like with that book, you know, like we just feel compelled to do shit and we do it because we feel like it'll have fucking impact or it'll have influence. And that's really why we do shit. And, you know, people who work on my team, they their motivation is more to have influence and have impact just as much as to, you know, put money in their pocket. It's more about what they're doing. And I got a great team behind me and support system to make it possible. So Yeah. And uh, I will always credit you, you and your uh, former partner, Eric, uh, for being the ones who, who got me into dabbing in the very beginning. I had never done a dab and never even heard of a dab pretty much and met you guys and got turned on to it and got my first dab from a hitman piece. And I've been a devoted uh, fan ever since. And uh, I got to say at the risk of, pretty sure it was in my van, right? Yeah. (laughs) In the van uh, by easy street in the glot by easy street gallery in Brooklyn. And uh, you know, I got to say at the risk of uh, being a bit too sentimental uh, when I saw you on stage at the awards, I was standing on the side of the stage and I couldn't help but think of Eric and how proud he would be of you seeing the festival that you had created and seeing you standing there in front of all those people. And I just knew I could feel him looking down and smiling at all of that. And it made me feel really good. I got a little choked up. I'm not going to lie. Hey, man, that means a lot, bro. And, uh, you know, a big reason why I even have a hustle is because of that dude. And, and uh, you know, I mean, he might be gone, but, like, I feel like, you know, his hustle was kind of breathed, you know, breathed into me. And uh, I, I, you know, will always be ambassador to everything that, you know, he represents. And I wish he was there to see it, but I feel like he's watching. And I think he's uh, really proud of uh, everything. So. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, good luck with the new Hitman glass line with the Wisdom Apparatus and with uh, Happy Place and all the other events you uh, plan to throw in the future. We'll be watching uh, eagerly to see what comes next. And, Doug, thanks so much for taking time to talk to us today. Yeah, thanks so much for having me on the show, buddy. And, uh, yeah, much love to you. Well, I don't know about you guys, but I'm excited to see what comes next out of Dougie and the Hitman team, or as he likes to call it, the Hit Fam. If you have the opportunity to go to Chalice next year, I highly recommend you do so. In the meantime, if you would like to learn more about Chalice or about Hitman Glass or any of the other projects that Doug spoke about, you can find links to all of it on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash blazingwithbb. While you're there, give us a like, give us a share, leave us some feedback, some comments. 
And you can also follow me on social media, Twitter at Bobby Black, Facebook and Instagram at Bobby Black 420. I hope you enjoyed our little chalice recap this week. And I hope that you'll tune in and talk up with us again next week and every week here on Blazin. Until then, this is Bobby Black saying, Blaze on, brothers and sisters. Thank you.